welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. Today's episode is part three of our Oscar week coverage. Uh, this is the last set of interviews that we have with Oscar-nominated directors from the Oscar short film program. Today I'm talking with directors from the live action category as well as one from the documentary category. Uh, these are some incredibly, incredibly powerful films today. Uh, first off, we have Guy Nativ from Skin, which is one of the live action, as well as Jeremy Comte, who, who uh, directed Fav, and then Marshall Curry, who is the director of A Night at the Garden, which is part of the documentary shorts. Uh, like I said, all of these are incredibly powerful films. I decided to kind of lump them all into one final episode. Uh, these are three that I would highly encourage you to check out. Uh, Night at the Garden has actually been getting a lot of press. Uh, it's a short seven-minute film uh, that talks about a, a gathering uh, almost exactly 80 years ago today at Madison Square Garden uh, back in 1939 when uh, a group of over 20,000 Nazis gathered uh, for, for, uh, for a Nazi rally. And it, it's just absolutely crazy to see this. It's gained a lot of steam uh, because it was announced how Fox News refused to let that air uh, during Sean Hannity's show. They had a they had just a small trailer they were trying to release, and yeah, Fox News said no. Uh, and Marshall kind of addresses some of that uh, that controversy there. Uh, but talking to all these directors was incredible. Uh, Jeremy Comte on Fav, you know, talking to him about how his story came about and the young actors that he has in this film um, and the way that he was able to get the message across. It was just, it's beautiful, it's sad. There's just, there's so much that comes out of this film. And Guy Nativ's skin, holy shit, this movie is insane. Uh, and it's actually been made into a feature-length film that carries a different uh, a different storyline than what the short film does. But we'll be able to see the feature-length film later this year. Uh, premiered at TIFF uh, already. And yeah, it's it's just absolutely incredible. I loved all three of these films, and I'm very excited to see what what uh, their fate holds come this Sunday at the Oscars. Uh, so hope you guys enjoy these episodes. Uh, again, it was so much fun being able to talk with Marshall, Jeremy, and uh, and Guy. And I, you know, I really hope you get a chance to check out their films. Uh, they're all, of course, part of the Oscar Shorts program that is currently in theaters, as well as Shorts TV. Um, and A Night at the Garden, you can actually see on their website. So that one they've kind of allowed to be out there a little bit more because it's a message that they're really trying to push across right now. Um, they want people to be able to see this footage. So make sure you go and check all three of these out, whether you're in theaters, online, or you know, able to go on their website and check them out. Do so. You'll, you'll be very, very happy that you did. Uh, of course, tomorrow, Austin and I have sat down. Uh, we recorded today our predictions for uh, this, this weekend's Oscars of who we think is going to win. So stay tuned for that tomorrow, um, and you'll, you'll see you know, who we picked. For the first time, uh, we, we kind of split from each other on a, lot of, uh, on a lot of categories this year. We usually have one, one or two that we, that we divide on, but uh, yeah, we had more than usual this year, including Best Picture. That, that's never happened. We usually pick Best Picture the same, and uh, yeah, this year we split, so see what we picked, and you might be pleasantly surprised. It was, it was a lot of fun. We always have fun recording the Oscar episode, uh, so make sure that you check that out tomorrow. Um, very sad news here in Los Angeles today as we learned that one of our beloved comedians, Brody Stevens, passed away today. I had a few encounters with Brody over the years. The, the first time I'd ever met Brody was at the Oddball Comedy Festival uh, when I was covering that in Salt Lake City back in 2014. Um, and then whenever we'd come out here to L.A., uh, I, I would run into Brody here and there at shows. It's not like we ever really knew each other. Uh, it was just kind of like bumping into him, saying hi. Uh, but then when we'd go to At Midnight Tapings, he was the, uh, the warm-up comic. And he recognized us just from, you know, the few run-ins that we'd have with him. But he always took a moment to come up and, and say hello uh, before going on and entertaining everybody else. 
And it, it always was very meaningful. Brody Stevens was just an incredible comic, um, and we will absolutely miss him uh, here. I wish I would have had the chance to to get to know him better and to see him perform more. Uh, but the little bit that I did get to experience of him, he was absolutely incredible, um, and, and he will be missed. So thank you for sharing your talents with us, Brody. Uh, I, I hope you're at peace, and yeah, you're, you're really going to be missed. Thank you again to Marshall Curry, Guy Native, and Jeremy Comte for taking the time to sit down with me uh, on this episode and be able to talk about uh, about their films. Again, the Oscars are this Sunday on ABC. Make sure you tune in. See out of all of the directors that we've talked to this week, who, who ends up taking home the Oscar gold. We're very excited to see how everything shakes up. Uh, so make sure you guys stay tuned. Tweet along with us. Follow along. See, see you know, what we pick. Share your picks with us. We look forward to being able to talk with everybody uh, during the broadcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stay tuned tomorrow so that you can see all of our predictions as we post them on the website and go through them on the episode. Uh, again, we have so much fun doing this. So tweet along with us. Have fun. Stay in touch with us. For now, enjoy this episode. We'll see you tomorrow. foremost though uh, congratulations on your academy award nomination oh thank you so much i appreciate it so wh- wh- what was it like to uh, to get that call or were you were you watching the nominations live when it came in we watched it live and it was like uh, 5 a.m at our household here in los angeles and you know we were very tense and very uh, um, you know it's a, bit, a lot of expectations and uh we didn't know. We didn't know it was going to get in. I mean, we it was fifty-fifty, obviously, and um, yeah, they they really stretched it out this time because they called our name um, fifth, and um, we jumped. It was like hysterical, kind of like um, we we let it all out, you know. And uh, so yeah, it was it was a, a moment to remember, definitely to remember. Yeah, I, I can I can only imagine the emotions that run through something like that, where you work so hard in your career to reach that kind of pinnacle, uh, and especially when they drag it out and you're the last one they announce. I mean, your heart just had to have been racing at that point. Exactly. So now, exactly. so it's uh, it was a it was a really a, a wave of happiness coming at five a.m. and it it continues because you know people woke up at twelve. They were waking up. It was 3 p.m. at Israel, and here were people waking up in New York. So it was it was a big celebration all over the place. That's incredible. Do you still have a lot of family that that was back in Israel watching the announcements? Yeah, correct. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Most <laughs> of my family. So now, now with Skin, uh, I, I know that you guys have have now made this into a feature as well that premiered uh, earlier in the year at, at TIFF. Uh, that will be seen. Later this year, uh, the A24 had picked up, uh, but it came about because of this short film. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, most of my uh, feature films, even in Israel, uh, were shorts before. Kind of a vehicle for me to understand, first of all, you know, between features to pride. It's almost like going back riding bicycle, you know, it's like not. I don't like to have this huge gap between features, so I, I, I like to do my own thing in a short, and it allows me to just feel what I want to tell um, in 
20 minutes, which I'm going to tell you in an hour and a half or two hours. So, um, and also the visual point of view of how do I want to tackle it in a visual perspective, you know? So, it, you know, it allows you to prepare yourself for the long run. It's like a, a, a hundred meter dash versus marathon. <laughs> so I like to try, I like to, I like to kind of try, uh, my muscle there. So that's what I did here. And, you know, I, I wrote skin, the feature before, uh, based on an article that I read in, in a coffee shop in Tel Aviv and, and, uh, nobody wanted to, um, finance it here. It was kind of a big, big scare from this topic of neo-Nazi skinhead and racism and the whole thing. Although it was a redemption story, nobody wanted to put money in it. Um, and no actor had the guts to do that. <laughs> so I decided to do what I do um, every time I have a, uh, like I start my career um, and, and do a short. And then I, and, and then I read this article um, of this neo-Nazi skinhead guy uh, um, uh, that taught his son how to shoot Mexican, illegal Mexicans in the border and basically um, taught him how to hate and how to be aggressive and, and, you know, and violent. And this kid was only 10. And one night his father came back home drunk at 2 a.m. and the son thought he's intruder, African-American intruder, so he took the father's gun like he taught him to and shot him in the, in the head. And that sparked a whole idea of making sure that how racism can be, it's kind of almost like a reverse racism, like what you teach your son going to end up biting you in the ass. Um, and and Shohan Maimon, who's a friend of mine from Israel and also a great filmmaker himself, um, he had an idea for a short, so, you know, we, we joined forces and we wrote it over a weekend. And while this was happening, like when we, we shot the short, cut it, um, wrapped it and sent it out to producers and actor and suddenly we got a whole different reaction from the feature uh, because they basically started the proof of concept and how it, it is done and they had more kind of a security that they're doing something um, it's my first US feature obviously and, and you know um, yeah so that, that, that's how things started to happen and also Charlottesville you know uh, I mean uh, uh, Trump got elected, Charlottesville happened, and many other disturbing cases that, that really shuddered the, the, you know, the whole thing of, of, of what is this country and where are we going to? And, and, and the people that we thought are on the, in the backyard of America became the front yard of America. So, yeah, everything came together um, as, eventually, and I think the short ignited. Yeah, and I, and I can definitely see how the short would would ignite that to be able to get the feature made. I mean, the short, within just the 20 minutes that that film is, it packs such a punch and just keeps you reeling the entire time. And as, as soon as I found out that you guys were make, that you guys had made a feature, I mean, I can't wait to see where the feature goes just from the hook, you know, that, that you guys have in the short here. And it's, you know, it, it's, I think, so compelling, too, because... Like you said, you know, th these are people that, you know, were kind of in the backyard of America, kind of those that we had forgotten were there and that due to recent circumstances, you know, have kind of been brought more into the light and to see how that, you know, is trained into, 
you know, young kids from an early age and, you know, people aren't born with hate and that's something that's instilled over time. And, you know, to see those, those repercussions that you show in the film, you know, it, it really makes it for a powerful piece. I appreciate it, man. I, I really, I really am. And, you know, I, I grew up in Israel in a, in a state of war. I was a kid uh, attacked by missiles from uh, Iraq. I remember myself sitting in a, in a, in a room with my, with my family in a gas mask on. So, you oh, know, wow. I, I remember the big, the big terror attacks and, and buses in, and in Israel. I remember the, the Intifada. I, you know, I grew up in such a chaotic country that when people ask me, how did I bring, um, where do I come, you know, where did the idea come from of having this brutality and kids in my film? I was this kid. I, I saw in my childhood this, this um, you know, uh, 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 violence and, and brutality. So it's coming from a country that is disturbed, so a country that I thought will give me peace, but now it is disturbing too. So, you know, I left, Israel and obviously Benjamin Netanyahu took over after Rabin assassinated was assassinated um, and I started him coming to um, Obama and the whole amazing you know situation here and then I got my citizenship like two weeks before Trump got elected oh wow yeah so uh, you know it's, it's just a reflection of a foreigner on America of today <clears throat> which allowed me to tell a story not only about the U.S., I think it's also about my country that has so much racism between Arab and Jews and non-religious and religious. And, and look, look what's going on in Europe. Look what, what happened in, in Paris a few days ago. Right, right. So it's, it's, and, and we just came back from Germany with our feature, with Skin the Feature. We, we premiered at Berlin. And I, I, I spoke to young people, and they told me, we have neo-Nazis here in, in our, you know, since... You know, it's just it's just a world wave right now of racism and hate and, and violence. And I think Skin the Short reflects um, something that that the entire world is suffering from. No, it 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 absolutely is, and it's 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 an incredible way, you know, to be able to use your talent and use use art to be able to bring those things to the forefront of people's minds where. You know, they may try and, and push it out and pretend like it doesn't exist anymore, but it it is right here in our front yard. And I mean, aside from skin, there's so many of the, you know even the documentaries that we're seeing this this year in the shorts category. You know, focus on some of those very things. Um, you, you know, there's the the a, a night at the garden. That's one of the documentary uh, shorts that oh that looks oh as, at the Nazis it's, in in America. It's almost like it's almost like the need to screen a night at the garden them skin together in a, in a kind of a mutual screening. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's horrifying to think that in the garden, Madison Square Garden, when my grandparents were, you know, I'm, I'm a third generation Holocaust survivor um, grandparents, and, and my, when my grandparents were hiding in the ghetto and, and surviving and, and scraping for food in the, in the States, in the mainstream, in the heart of New York, there was a, a neo-Nazi convention. I mean, that's impossible to even imagine. It's insane. And, you know, it's, it, it, and my grandma, my nana, or my, I call her my nana, it, it's my wife's nana, uh, she said, oh, in my time, there wasn't any, like, the violence was not there, and, and everybody loved each other, and the whole thing. And I told her, and I sent her this, this documentary, and she was shocked. 
she was shocked. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy to see how long it's lasted. And, I mean, as skin brings to light, it's it's still very prevalent in in society today. Um, and, you, you know, I, 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 I can't thank you enough for making a film, this film. And I can't wait for people to not just see the short if they haven't had a chance to yet, but see the feature uh, when it's released later this year. Well, the feature, um, uh, kind of like, um, it's almost like opposite to the short. Oh, okay. Because if the short is... What happens when a neo-Nazi or a racist man, a white man, experiences racism on his own skin? The feature is about a skinhead neo-Nazi who falls in love with a woman and her three little girls and take off, decides to take off racism or to, to wash or to remove his tattoos because he's full of tattoos of, you know, symbols of hate, and remove his tattoos and try to become a better person. Oh, wow. Um, although the, the gang doesn't let him do that so easily, and he, wherever he goes, he's tagged because his face and body are, are tattooed. Um, so he's trying to, it's a physical and mental shift. Um, so he's doing the opposite of what the guy in the um, short is experiencing. Oh, wow. I, I, I really like that take on it. That is incredibly fascinating. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, th- thank you so much for taking the time. I, I could talk to you all day about this guy, but I know we just have a, sh- a short time uh, while, while we're kind of going through uh, the, sh- the short films here. Uh, but I appreciate you taking the time to call in, and, and best of luck this Sunday. Oh, thank you so much. We're just very lucky to be there, whatever happens, happens. Just very honored and lucky to be there. And I want to I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, folks that site that bought the film and uh, gave us a beautiful platform for people to see the film online and uh, push push the film in their own way, uh, beautiful way, and, and got the, the the potential of bringing it to schools and students. Um, and that's their goal by buying this film. And, and you know, so that that's great. And um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as Fox Searchlight pushes that out, uh, please stay in contact with us and, and get us that information. We'd love to be able to help share where people can, can see that. I will do that. Okay. Thank you Thank so you much, so guys. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Well, for, first off, uh, congratulations on the Oscar nomination. Uh, thank you so much. So what, what was that moment like? I know, you, I know you've made a few a few short films so far. Uh, but is, is this one, this one's your fourth, correct? Uh, well, it's my second short, my action short. I did two other uh, documentaries, short documentaries before. Um, yeah, so the Oscar, I mean, the Oscar nomination is really like a, a child, a child's dream come true. We were so um, uh, ecstatic, like me and my team, when we learned the news and we were just um, all together waiting uh, the light waiting and watching the live stream so uh it was such a beautiful moment what we all shared together yeah i can only imagine you know kind of have, having your film family there as you guys all go through that process and i mean where you guys are kind of kind of in the east coast you had to you had to kind of go about your day whereas all of us here in los angeles i mean it was first thing in the morning for us yeah <laughs> yeah it's like five in, in los angeles five a.m in los angeles yeah for us it was a good time it was like eight twenty. 22 when we, we learned the news and then the whole day was a lot of press in Quebec and Canada um, so yeah and it was just 
my, my, my whole team family, we all, all, even the people that couldn't be there in the morning, at the night we kind of all gathered in um, in a small restaurant and we had drinks all together. So it was great. Oh, that, that, that's awesome. And, and you guys are the second film uh, from Canada in the live action short. So Canada's kind of representing this year. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I'm so, I'm so happy. And what's, what's so interesting about this is that we're distributed by the same company. So they're called H264. So basically, when we learned the news, the whole team, the, the other team, the Marguerite team, was in a room beside us in the same building. So oh, really, we heard them scream. We're all together. So it's really almost, it almost feels like we're one, one team, too. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. It would have been awkward, though, if one of you guys didn't get the nomination. You both had to exit the building together. And just go. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we're hoping after that. So that's why we didn't want to be all together in the same room. Like, well, at least we you know, have our separate room. But, um, I mean, yeah, we're at least, you know, what I've been happy for, I think, for the other team. Because it's still great that, like, um, Quebec, Quebec films can get to the to the Oscars and I think it's it's um it's very inspiring for other filmmakers from Canada so you know we're happy for that yeah it, it's absolutely great for for all film uh in, in Quebec and in and in Canada uh now now with, yeah. now with uh with, with Fav it's a it's, it's a different a different feel to a lot of the uh a lot of the other short films it it definitely takes you on an emotional roller coaster so I mean all, all throughout it you're watching these two boys just have typical boyish fun. I mean, it it brought back so many memories of my own childhood of just kind of running running around finding you know dirt pits, not so much a, a pit mine or anything, but just finding you know just the fun little areas to play with my friends. And then it just takes a turn, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it, it takes a drastic turn. Not exactly, exactly. So. Um... It comes from my own childhood where I, you know, I grew up in the countryside. I, I used to um, explore the woods and pull, pull pranks at each other with my friends. So it's that idea of like um, uh, the, the limits that as child we we can explore, and this for them they go a bit too far. And there's a, a lot of signs, there's a lot of foreshadowing in the film where like they could have stopped, but they decide because they play that, that game, that power game between each other, they want to go further. Um, but, but yeah, totally. Like I can see a lot of my friends too. That's their childhood. That's what they used to do. Yeah, I mean, l- luckily for all of us, you know, the the the, out- the outcomes and the emotional roller coaster of our childhoods wasn't as a as extreme. But <laughs> it... yeah, no, it's it. I guess this for this one. I mean, it comes also from a dream um, as a child. So it's a it's a fear. You know, it comes from fears and and. It's an idea of like what the worst could have happened, you know. What if one of those pranks would have gone really too far? It's, and it's it's an extreme that's very rare that doesn't really happen. But I want to push in the film because it's those elements of dream in it. So, so I mean, coming from uh, coming from something that you know was kind of a dream, more or less a nightmare. How did you kind of approach the script? Or was it always envisioned to be a short film, or what was what was the process? Uh, of, of creating the story um well like i had to write like time to time um because i was doing a lot of other jobs at the time directing commercials and music videos so it took me like four years in total um to write this and it, it's a lot of like um 
for a short film, you don't have that much time to develop characters, and you need to, to stay as, as simple as possible. And, and it, I, I knew there's a lot of elements I wanted in the film, but it was hard for me to find the right ways to tell them, like, and with nuancing it. So I think that's why it took me so much time. And also, it, it's a lot based on location. So we had to do a lot of scouting as I was writing. Um, to find the right locations, what I, I was picturing, and luckily enough, we found like a place that that looks like a lunar landscape. It's really surreal, and that's exactly has that, that dream elements to it. So, um, I, I, like, it took me a, all that time to figure out exactly how I could tell that story. So, I mean, it may, it may have taken you all that time to write it, but it, it sure as hell paid off, <laughs> to say the least. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was curious too while watching it. You, you you have, you know, as the two boys are starting to play, you know, the one spots a fox and the other doesn't really, you know, give much yeah. to it. But then it closes out with with a moment that if, if people don't tear up uh, at the very end when they see that fox, uh, I don't know if they have a soul or not. But what is the concept of the fox? Is it, is it meant to have a deeper meaning to the film? Yeah, I mean... That's, that's always a tough question because uh, Fox is, is so open to interpretation and that's what, what it's meant to be. But um, it, I feel sometimes in life, you know, there's the signs that shows up to you and you can look at them and and take them or, or just ignore them. And sometimes those those signs, it's like there's coincidence, that like pure coincidence, it's just, to just be a coincidence, there's something more to it. That's what a bit I'm trying to uh, to do with that story is like nature speaks to the boy and uh, there are, if you look at them and the energy and the landscape where we shot it almost feels like the boys are, are nature themselves like they're like come back to the animalistic and instinct of, of humans um and this so so the fox at the i mean the fox is symbolizes um this idea and it means more to the story because um there's different links that I'm trying to convey but I, I like to I like to leave it for the spectator interpretation I like that because yeah I, I could definitely see if I if I had watched this with my wife I I can 100% see both of us having a different interpretation to that so so I really like that you leave that open uh, to, to the audience interpretation amazing yeah I feel like this director or I think it's Tarkovsky said like that in life, like we never have answers on anything. As humans, we're always trying to figure it out. So why in my films I will try to have clear answers too? You know, it's, it's great to just leave some questions. Oh yeah, that that's beautiful. I like I really like that. So and the kids that you had uh, playing the, the the main roles here are absolutely incredible actors. Where 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 did you where did you find them? Oh, thank you. Um, well, we we actually casted uh, audition kids. Uh, from the countryside, actually the area where we're shooting, we wanted that kind of rough around the edges kind of energy uh, to the film. And it's Felix Grenier and Alexandre Perrault, the two, the two boys. And really, as soon as they came in the room, it was we all looked at each other, my producer and I, and we we're like, "Wow, this is this is this is it." You know, Felix was just so confident, it was so transparent. He really had like a strong attitude. We were a bit more scared if we could deliver. Like the more emotional, vulnerable state at the end of the film, but um, we worked a lot together, and he was open to do his best, and really, really nailed it. He was so talented. 
Yeah, he he absolutely nails the, his his final minute in the film. I mean, that that was the part that really for me. I mean, bo- both the kids draw you in immediately, but to be able to get that final performance out of him in that final shot, I mean that that takes a lot to to be able to get. I mean, even an adult actor to that point to be able to deliver so much emotion and so much just telling you every bit of subtext and everything they're feeling in their eyes. I mean, you guys just, you, you, you crafted a beautiful ending with such a great performance. Uh, that's so kind of thank you. And he was like, it was so crazy because Felix from the first take, he was on point and he was very emotional and we just, I just reworked little details with him and it was, every take was good. I could have, I could have taken every, every one of them, it would have worked, but the last one was just on another level because he, he just really exploded. He really let it all go. And as I was directing him, I was talking to him, and I was just like, okay, let it go, let it go. And it was just, everybody was so emotional on set. Like, my assistant director was just crying looking at, at that live. It was a very special moment. Yeah, I, I can only imagine watching that come to life and, and, and being on set to, to feel the emotion there. I mean, it, it truly is just a, a powerful performance by him. Yeah. So as, as the Oscars kind of, you know, we're, we're just, just a few days away kind of at this point, uh, you know, the, the film is currently part of the Oscar shorts program. Uh, where, where can people uh, be able to find the film as, uh, as the Oscars uh, end? Well, right now it's it's um, a lot of theaters will ride like with Shorts TV, so that's where people can go watch it right now. Um, and after after the Oscar ceremony, after the Oscars and stuff, we're gonna put it back online, so people just have to go on Vimeo and type "Fove" and they'll find the film. Okay, wonderful. We'll we'll, we'll make sure after the Oscars to uh, help guide people there so that they can take a look at the film. Uh, as well uh but thank you so much for taking the time jeremy to come on and and talk about the film uh, i wish you the best of luck this sunday so we're, we're rooting for all of you guys uh, it was such an incredible film and, and we absolutely loved it thank you so much for, uh, thanks for taking the time appreciate it have a great day you as well we'll see you no not a problem at all i'm, I'm thrilled i'm thrilled to have you on uh, especially to talk about your about uh, a night at the garden. So this film is just kind of a it's captivated quite a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy story, a crazy part of our history that most people don't seem to know. Yeah, that's that, that was the thing that, that captivated me the most was that I didn't know this had happened. <laughs> right, like most people, I I I've met very few people who knew, and and almost nobody who'd seen any of the footage of it. So. You are in good company. <laughs> well, as we, as we kind of jump into things here, uh, the thing I've asked everybody, because it's such a unique experience. Now, I know, I know this is your third Oscar nomination, but what is that experience like when you hear them call your name that morning during the nominees? Well, it's great. I mean, it's exciting. Everybody would love to, you know, everybody would love to win an Oscar, and being nominated is, is, is terrific. But honestly, the, the, the main thing that is exciting is that it means that you'll have a platform to share your movie with a bigger audience because, you know, documentaries in general, but documentary shorts in particular, don't have the kinds of resources for advertisement that, that some other movies get. And, and so having the Academy shine a light on your, you know, little project this way uh, makes it possible to, 
to get it to a much, much bigger audience. Absolutely. Now, as far as the way that this documentary was made, it's different than a lot of uh, a lot of other films. Uh, what what was kind of the inspiration to make it? Um, where it's essentially footage that you were able to uh, to pull up from this uh, this night at the garden. Right. Um, so, uh, just a little background. I, I like we said at the beginning, I didn't know about this rally until uh, a friend of mine who was writing a screenplay that takes place in New York in 1939 um, told me about it. He'd been doing research and had come across it. And so I went home that night and started looking around and discovered that there were some short clips uh, that had been used in historical documentaries. And I figured, well, if there's 10 seconds of this thing, there's got to be more than that. And so I got a friend who is an archival researcher, Rich Rimsburg, to um, start looking around. And he contacted the National Archive and UCLA's archive and Grinberg archive and was able to find all of these pieces of the of the rally itself. Um, and uh, nobody really had had all of the footage. Different people had different pieces, and some people had audio without the video, and other people had pieces of video that the audio didn't match. And um, anyway, when we finally got it, um, I, I I started watching it in my office and was amazed and at first I thought that maybe I would make a traditional documentary where I would interview some historians and try to understand a little bit about the group and, and, and what the night meant. But almost on a whim one night I just decided to see what it would be like if I edited it together without any explanation, just like a verite documentary or like a you know, a Hollywood movie that doesn't really explain to you what's going on. You just watch it and you figure it out. And I found that it had a real, uh, a special power, uh, a, kind of a cinematic feel to it, and also a, uh, a, a, a almost surreally engaging power, because you, you're dropped into this thing without an understanding of what it is, and um, and that question, as you try to figure out what it is and try to figure out how in the world this thing really happened in real life. Um, it draws it draws audiences in, and it's it's really provocative in in in, a, in what I found to be a powerful way. Yeah, it's and the fact too that it's something that you know it, it was something that none of us knew had happened. I can I can only imagine going through all of the all of the research that I mean half the time you just had to kind of be sitting back going, holy shit, this is really th- this was here right. in the U.S. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, it's the kind of footage that seems like it should have been shot in, in Nuremberg or, or, you know, somewhere in Germany, the, the, the huge militarism of the, of the way that the group walks in and the swastika flags and the, and the you know, the straight-armed Nazi salute that they're giving. But it's intermingled with these icons of, of America, you know, this 30-foot portrait of George Washington and American flags and... They sing the Star Spangled Banner and they say the Pledge of Allegiance and that that twisting of of um, the the symbols of American patriotism in the cause of something that that is, in my opinion, completely un-American, um, was was really powerful and seemed like it needed to be to be shared. Yeah, it, it absolutely was, and. When, when it came to getting the, the rights to use the archival footage, was that difficult where it was archival footage, or um, was it kind of, you know, public access at that point? Well, the different, different archives have different rules. So 
um, the National Archive, uh, all of that is, is public access. You just have to pay fees to, go, to lab fees. So for us, uh, the footage had never been scanned high def before. And so we had to pay for that to happen. It had film, but it had never been uh, scanned in a high definition way. So we paid that. And, um, but uh, UCLA uh, charges a license fee to use their footage, and, and Grinberg does too. And I, um, I, so it sort of depends on the, on the archive what their, what their rules and rates are. So now I do have to say you probably got the best promotion that you could have gotten for this film. When I mean it's been kind of making the news rounds as Fox News refused to play your trailer for it. How? What was your reaction to that? You know, aside from it basically being like, "Yeah, we don't want to anger our base with Nazis." <laughs> well, it was very weird. We we decided we wanted to run an ad on Sean Hannity's show. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we consider uh, the the film a. Um, a cautionary tale about about demagogues um, who 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 attack immigrants and scapegoat minorities and attack the press and uh, you know sort of cheer and laugh at at violence against protesters. All of these are things that were done in 1939 at the rally, and and these are all things that that are being done again today. And so we hoped that by showing Sean Hannity's viewers what happened in 1939 that it might make them a little more uh, sensitive to and, uh, and vigilant about the way that demagogues are doing that same thing today. So we thought, oh, we'll just run a 30-second ad for the, for the film on Hannity's show. And the ad was literally just archival footage of, of this rally. Um, and lo and behold, the CEO of Fox News personally intervened to reject our ad, um, which was just extraordinary to think that a little independent documentary, a 30-second ad for an independent documentary, could rise up to the attention of, uh, of the CEO of Fox News and that she would personally intervene to keep her audience from being exposed to this part of our history um, was, was pretty remarkable. Um, and, you know, at the time they said, their initial response with reporters asked them why they refused. They said, well, it was full of terrible Nazi imagery that they didn't want to share. Um, <laughs> and of course, within 24 hours, reporters were turning up examples of much more striking Nazi imagery that, that had run on Fox News, from Dinesh D'Souza's, right. you know, right-wing, uh, right-wing movie to, to uh, the... Simon Wiesenthal's ads, you know, against anti-Semitism, which are, you know, we support their point of view, but the um, the idea that Fox News didn't want to offend its audience um, by showing them Nazi imagery was just ludicrous on its face. Right. I mean, I, I guess in their defense, they're 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 all fine people. I, I guess is what they probably say. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it it be, it became jarring to watch it. And look at the parallels of of what we see today, and I mean, I, I almost felt like you could just you could you know just put a put a clip from today side by side and and see the exact same thing. And it's it is very scary to realize you know how close we kind of are to that now. Well, and the movie doesn't mention anything about current politics. There's no there's no reference to it um, at at all. It's it's it, it is literally just archival footage from right. that night, and and that's it. 
but um, and we hope that audiences are smart enough to, to see what what's in front of their faces and to and to take a, a cautionary view of, of the current political situation based on mistakes that our country has made and was making in 1939. Yeah, and, and, and it's crazy to think that, I mean, this was literally 80 years ago, you know, two days ago. <laughs> right. That, right. It, that no, it, it's very was, current. It <laughs> was, really, was really weird. In, in, uh, in, in memorial of the, of the original rally, um, uh, a video artist and the folks at Field of Vision, who are the, the production, you know, funding production and, and distribution company behind our project, um, uh, projected images from the foot, projected footage from the film onto the outside of Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah, I um, saw that a night. couple of nights ago, and it was really um, eerie to see this footage, you know, huge on the outside of Madison Square Garden, and New Yorkers who course had never heard of the rally were walking by and asking what it was and were amazed to le- learn that that this had 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 happened and um you know there's something about seeing these big images on the on the walls that felt like ghosts from 80 years ago were coming back to to warn us about our our own situation now yeah i, I thought it was incredible when i saw some of that some of the images and video that the people had posted from that and Hopefully, you know, being right there, you know, on the side of Madison Square Garden, that 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 provided a learning experience for just thousands and thousands of people walking down the street there. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it was a weird, uh, in some ways beautiful, but in some ways uh, unsettling, unsettling yeah. display. So now, as this has been in theaters as part of the Oscar Shorts program, um, as well as part of Shorts TV, um, after the Oscars on Sunday, where will people be able to find a night at the Garden? Yeah, well, it's actually online as well right now. So it, it, it's, it is particularly powerful to see it on a big screen. So if people have the opportunity to, to see it at their local theaters as part of the shorts program, it is, um, it's a very big uh, cinematic experience. So, so even at seven minutes, it has a, a real power to it on a big screen. But anybody right now can just go to the website, anightatthegarden.com, and watch the film air. Um, it's also on Facebook and it's on YouTube and Vimeo, and we've kind of encouraged people to pirate it and share it and, <laughs> and just get it out into the world. We're not, you know, we didn't make it to, to try to make money. We just want this piece of American history to 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 be out in the world. Yeah, it, it absolutely needs to be, and you know, maybe the way to get it onto Fox News is have John Oliver have the catheter cowboy uh, show off the thirty second clip, <laughs> and that that may be the back the back door in. <laughs> <laughs> so well it, it's a pleasure talking to you marshall uh, congratulations on the oscar nomination uh, like i said at the beginning this is your third one and you know third time's the charm right well we'll see there are a lot of great <laughs> a lot of great contenders so um but but thank you so much it was great to talk with you and, and to be able to share the film with your audience yeah not a problem at all thank you for taking the time and uh, and best of luck on sunday sounds great thank we'll you see. so much you bet we'll see you bye-bye